Please sit comfortably. I've got a vague idea of what I want to talk about tonight, so we'll see how it comes out. Um, when people take up something like Zen practice, um, we all start off um, searching for something or longing for something. Um, and that's fine, that's how we all begin. And um, then as we bring that longing or that search into practice, it gets challenged in some way. And there's a, a koan I'd like to um, tell you about, which you've probably heard before. It's a very well-known koan. But it's about a monk, who, who, a new monk who comes to a monastery and he asked the, the Zen teacher Joshu, um, uh, what, what is it that you can teach me? And uh, Joshua replies to him, have you eaten your rice gruel? And the monk says, yes. And then Joshua says, well, wash your bowl. Mm -hmm. And that's his teaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, in other words, you can see this in many different ways, but it's, that's Joshu teaching the young monk right there. Mm -hmm. The young monk is looking probably like all of us for something, some profound teaching, some profound philosophy or whatever, um, some wonderful word, words that are just going to sort of wake him up to something. And Joshu just brings him back to just actually what is right in front of him. Mm -hmm. um, have you eaten your rice gruel? Yes. Then wash your bowl. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing else to do but these, the, the next thing that needs to be done in life, these ordinary moments one after the other. And yet as human beings, that's the last thing we want to hear. Hmm? The last thing. We want, there must be something else. There must be something more profound than that, you know, or more meaningful than that. Mm -hmm. um, but Joshua just as a really great teacher just brings him back to what's actually right in front of him. And <clears throat> I think that all of us, I can certainly vouch for myself, but all of us bring to Zen practice some kind of vaguely some vague idea, we can't perhaps even articulate it, but some vague idea of perfection and that if we, whatever that means to us, and, and if we just do Zen practice somehow we will um, meet this um, perfect idea of who we are and then we won't suffer anymore. And um, that's the trap we all fall into. And really a lot of Zen practice is about getting untrapped by this idea of perfection, whatever it is it means to us. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you an example of it. I came across this um, great little quote in Barry Magic's book, and um, it's under the, under the title of um, the Zen chapter, Zen is Useless, which it certainly is. And um, he's referring to how we, we can get caught up in ideas of perfection. Um, and as Barry says, at the end of the day, we are still ourselves, warts and all, after realisation. 
you know, we're still ourselves, warts and all. And he gives the example of um, Uchiyama Roshi. Um, after practicing for many years, receiving Dharma transmission and serving as abbot of his temple, Uchiyama Roshi still admitted. In the middle, this is Uchiyama Roshi talking, in the middle of a solemn service, I am extremely self-conscious and so confused, I make a big mess of it. Afterwards, I feel shame and remorse, but since my childhood, I've been so sensitive that in self-defense, I ended up settling myself in the stability of whatever happens, I am I. Shy is shy. Careless is careless. There's nothing to do about it. Even if we don't become refined and elegant like an expert at kendo or like a master of no or of the tea ceremony, it doesn't matter, does it? Mm -hmm. um, Uchiyama Roshi was, I actually just missed, um, missed out on seeing him um, when I first went to Japan um, to, to practice in, uh, in Kyoto. Um, I used to set at um, Uchiyama Roshi. Uchiyama Roshi's uh, temple, and uh, and uh, he had um, died about a year before that, I think, of stomach cancer. Um, but he was such a revered teacher; people really, really loved him. And he was quite a radical in the in the um, Soto tradition, in that he went back to the roots of it of just sitting. And he didn't do any ritual or anything like that at all. And he was a much-loved teacher, and yet this is what he says about himself. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so, what seems to happen, something certainly transforms um, over years within practice. And it's just, and what transforms is not that you transform yourself into some kind of perfect, wonderful person, but what transforms is that there comes a very, very um, deep acceptance of who you are. And like it says in there, warts and all, mm -hmm. not the perfect version that we've dreamed up for ourselves, but just some very, very deep acceptance, warts and all. And when that happens, um, that's that's it's that's where the transformation occurs. Not some new shiny version of who you thought that you would be. And um, there's different ways that you can language that. But one of the one of the ways I like to see it um, articulated in Buddhism, there there is a um, version of the Four Noble Truths, you know how the Four Noble Truths says suffering, cause of suffering, etc. There's another version of that which is along the lines um, is that there is suffering but no one who suffers. Mm -hmm. And so what, what transforms in Zen practice is that you still probably have all the little habits and things, you know, character flaws or whatever, you know, that, that you've always had. Um, but something drops away so that you're no longer in conflict with it anymore. Mm -hmm. So the, the aversion to it drops away, or the grasping for something else, a bigger or better self, drops away. And so you just become who you are. Mm -hmm. and, um, 
and as we just settle into being who we are, and we and we're not in conflict um, with ourselves so much or anymore, then there, there is an ease and a peace that comes with that, you know, and a and a sense of well-being that comes from that. But um, as much as we're always kind of striving and searching um, for something outside of this moment and something which is bigger and better, um, then we're going to be off the track. And all of us go off the track. You know? And you go off the track until you see that it's a dead end. It's like you have the experience of that going into a, a dead end all the time through mindfully being aware of the process until you just come back to some kind of falling away that occurs. And in that falling away, um, it's often said um, in Buddhism that um, uh, that suffering is different from pain, you know, and we'll always have pain in our life, but suffering is something that transforms. Well, kind of. Because when people refer to pain, they're usually referring to physical pain. But even, even someone who is fully awake will not only experience physical pain, but they'll also continue to experience emotional pain if they're a human being. Mm-hmm. And you take the example of the Buddha. Um, when two of his um, dearest friends and his closest students um, um, died when he was in his old age, um, he grieved. But he'd spent so much time with these guys over the years travelling and teaching the Dharma together and eating together and sharing so much together and then they died before him, you know. And and if you read some of the literature on it, um, he seemed to be in a in a state of grief from some of the Dharma talks he gave after their after they died. This idea that oh he was the Buddha and he was totally above, you know, attachment to human beings, is to dehumanise him. Mm-hmm. He felt the loss deeply. But, so there is emotional pain too that comes from grieving, but that's different from suffering. Mm-hmm. And in, in what I've read about that experience that he had around that grief, he still had his equanimity. He was still fully, totally understanding that life is transient and everything passes away, including his friends. So there's a kind of a, a deep acceptance that that's the way things are. And yet at a human level, I'm sad that my friends are gone. Mm-hmm. There's still a pain around that. But there's no conflict in feeling that pain. The, con- the conflict around feeling the pain has gone. That's just the way life is. And there can be a there can be an equanimity with the fact that that's what's occurred. That's what we all fall into with loss, at least at some stage when we when we work through it. Um, we come back to just an acceptance of what happened. So, in practice, is about not striving for perfection. You'll never find it. <laughs>